very happy in all of those races. I tried, especially the few weeks before those events, maybe train a bit harder than I normally would and look at the previous maps to familiarise myself with the terrain. So that definitely helped and gave me confidence going into those races. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Run-In, sponsored by Envy and Straight Compasses. We've got two, not one, but two fantastic interviews coming up later in this episode because we have taken a bit of a deep dive into the M&W 14 classes to look at two of those who are at the top of their game at the moment in that those classes. So we will be chatting to Tommy Rollins and to Lyra Medlock later in the episode. So looking forward to that. Um, first of all, Will, I've got a few little notices I want to um, put by. Um, and the first is about um, Lag and Leah, which is going to be held in October half term. So last week of October, we're looking for some more coaches, basically. A lot of the time we have a lot of uni students. They can't take the time off uni this time. They don't have half terms like uh, anyone at school and all the, all the kids who are going. So we're looking for some coaches. You don't have to be a qualified coach to go. You have to be a reasonably technically competent orienteer, ideally be able to keep up with some 14s, but they, they're not all that quick, don't worry, and um, be willing and enthusiastic and ready to muck in. And honestly, I think it's one of the most rewarding things you can do in orienteering. So let us know if you're keen and I can forward you uh, your interest onto the tour manager, Don McCarrow, because yeah, you should, if you have the time last week of October, Saturday to a Saturday, then I think it's really worth doing it and it'll be up near Aviemore as usual. The second notice that I have is about commentary because you may have seen um, Chris and Andy have retired from doing the commentary. And it appears it's kind of fallen to me to um, take up the mantle, um, but I can't do it by myself, nor do I want to do it by myself. So I'm looking for people who are interested in commentating on major events in the UK, British champs, uh, JK, Scottishes, anything you're, you're interested in. And I'm looking to build a team to be able to do that. So if you're interested, please let me know. Um, probably the best thing to do is pop me an email um, for both of those things, the lag and layer coaches and the commentary. My email address is kathbet at gmail.com. That's K-A-T-H-B-E-T-T at gmail.com. Or, you know, find us on one of our social media. Find me through the run-in. I will always be able to answer questions there. So anyway, my notice is out of the way and I can finally bring Will in because um, there's a lot of stuff to talk about today before we get to our interviews. Um, first of all, up the British sprints, which you went to, I was really gutted that I didn't, I was just like, oh, it's a bit far away. And then I didn't quite realize how great the areas would be. And then felt very sad the whole weekend for not being there. Yeah, no, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. And, um, the maps were up on the British, um, Orange and Champs root gadget page. So people can go and have a look at them, um, for, uh, yeah, just reference or if they want to go and do them at another point in time but that was absolutely fantastic I think I was a bit skeptical about where it was I've never I've never heard of Skirmersdale which is nope. a small town just off the um the side of the M6 between Liverpool and Manchester so ideal location for anyone just popping up north from the south um but yeah it was amazing I could only jog the qualifier sadly due to my um my current injured state and then I had to walk the um walk the final somehow qualify for the final I'm still not quite sure how that mm. happened um but it was a really cool mix of um kind of 50s 60s housing estates set on a hill between a um quite a steep sided valley and 
loads of route choice kind of mm. every every leg had about three or four routes that you could pick through you know do you go wiggling through all of the alleys do you head out onto the road cut back in and really well planned courses mm. um lots of stairs lots of underpasses you know ramps fences in the way all of this it was really top quality sprint racing yeah it looks like you really had to keep really good map contact the whole yeah, way had to be on it all yeah, the time really on it and yeah people people weren't there's a lot of people missing out like one of the controls in the in the sprint relay um so the sprint yep. relay was a saturday won by the syo killer bees that's kim baxter you and trying johnny crickmore and laura robertson and i i would love to go through all of their results but we don't have time but uh the, the <laughs> elite winners on the or the open winners on the british sprints johnny crickmore and alice leak and yeah i just i was very jealous of of having to do that but um yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, like you said, it's one of those areas you had to keep constant contact with, but at the same time, you had to go fast because it was so runnable. The alleyways were all surprisingly wide, so you could corner really fast and keep up your speed really well, but at the same time, you had to be constantly checking where you're going, which alleyway you're going through, which underpass. You know, Is there something blocking your route, like a small fence sticking out, which is going to slow you down? So it had every element of sprint that you want, as well as being super fast. So um, it was good. And it was sunny as well, which was uh, a bonus because on my drive up, it was pissing it down with rain all the way. So it was a definite bonus for me when walking around the final, oh, it looks, which I it looks... surprisingly enjoyed. <laughs> Even walking? Even walking. Seeing everyone else run past you really stressed is actually quite entertaining. And, and then, You're um, just being, being a spectator out... out there on the course. <laughs> Pretty much. Going, hey. I should have done, done some live commentary. It would have been good. Because <laughs> um, it was just hectic and you can just see people making mistakes and getting confused and um yeah it was really good well it looks like um british sprint orienteering at its finest i think to be honest um absolutely but let's move on to another big event that's been happening not the, the one that's not involved so many brits uh it's yukula up in the right in the north of finland um pretty much i think just inside the arctic circle and um, we had, of course, Venla relays and Eucla relays. And I think, was it limited um, entry? But it still looked like they had loads of teams, to be honest, really. Um, and... Yeah, I thought it was limited to the top 200 teams from the previous year that it was held back in 2019. Mm. But it, I'm it just seemed scrolling like it was down the results now. That. Yeah, there's about 760 teams entered. Yeah. So it's quite a few more. Maybe that was just foreign teams um, that were allowed because the majority of them are Finnish. So it may have been restricting yeah. the foreign teams that could enter. Yeah. Um, and then any Finnish team could enter as many as they wanted, perhaps. And the results have been pretty as expected? Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty as expected. So on the uh, on the women's side, the Venla relay happens first um, during the daylight hours. And the whole thing about this Eucla and Rovaniemi was that it was meant to be through the daylight the entire time being mm -hmm. up in the arctic circle midnight sun um but obviously that wasn't the case for the men's side but the women did set off in the sunlight finished in the sunlight because they um the sadly yeah. don't have yeah obviously they have <laughs> the uh the night legs just yet and that was won by um alta also okay with natalie uh, natalia gamperle on last leg i think they've won off and on for the last few years haven't they yeah they've won quite quite a lot recently and they've got a pretty strong team um very international AFK, team as well yeah a lot of russians i think isn't it there's a um, czech jana klapova is a czech natalia gempler is russian and i think i think there's possibly a finn and a swede there 
There is a Finland Swede, yeah. I think maybe there used to be. A... Anyway, international team. Yeah. But um, yeah, running out of Sweden. And then IFK Göteborg were second and Yala Orenturing were third. Um, I think Brits to look out for. I did see Grace Malloy somewhere. She Her team came 18th, Kelvin Rusty. Um, up from 31st last year so good result for, for them uh, her running last leg so only 8 minutes down on the winner at the end so yeah and Megan, touching Megan's top 20. team Ryan Henrik Menti were 31st up from 52nd last time and, she, and Megan was 5th on the last leg which, off, which, Very is, impressive. The, which is the stacked leg um, yeah. on, on yeah, Venner everyone puts the big runner yeah. on that one yeah. Um, so yeah no, good to see from the, uh, from the couple of Brits who could make it out there yeah. And uh, on the Yukula side of things, it was Sturatuna who won again, defending their title. Um, defending the with title with every Svensk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, I know. Four Svensks, all on yeah. the last four legs as well. Yep. Yep. So I, they retained their title and uh, IFK Yitabo were um, second up from fifth last time. They had they had a really stacked team, Casper Foster on the last leg as well. Mm. Um, Only 58 seconds down. Yeah, yeah, which well, is so very close. Pretty close for uh, eight hours of running. That was that was pretty amazing. So hopefully, mm. all, more Brits and more people will be able to get out next year. But yeah. if you if you want to check out one thing from Yukula, try and dig out the long night map because they had a ridiculously long. I can't remember how many k. It's like five k long leg or something. If not Brutal. even further than that, that just goes straight. Honestly, you need to check it out because it's, it will blow your mind how long this long leg is. You really need to Definitely. I think two more things to mention actually on that one um, was the team of um, Josh Dudley, IFK Göteborg's second team, finishing in eighth place. That Ooh. was very impressive Yeah. Um, for a second team to finish that high. I mean, there can't be many second teams that have finished higher in no. the history of Eucla. I'm sure there are. And then um, Alan Cherry getting back into the orienteering scene after a little bit of time off due to, um, from COVID last year and obviously not being able to travel anywhere. Top mm-hmm. 10 on the first leg, coming back with a bang. So um, his specialty that. So good to see him back. Yeah, definitely. Really, really great to see. Um, so that's most of the things that have been going on. But one, oh, well, most of the things that have been going on, something that's going on as we're recording and probably as you start listening to this is... Um, Jaywalk, Junior World Champs, which are in Turkey. And both of us were kind of like, is this still happening? And the reason we ask is because it is still happening, but there is no British team there because Turkey is still um, a red list country. Um, so they'd all had to pay a couple of grand to go and stay in a hotel to quarantine on the way back. But it has, you know, a lot of other nations yeah. have managed to get there, which is very, very frustrating. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I assumed it was cancelled just because I assumed it was just too risky to go there at the moment. But Europe has its own rules um, and people can go. And it, the maps look incredibly technical. It looks crazy hard mm. and green, dark green forest with scattered rocks everywhere. And you're looking for a rock amongst yeah. such rocks or a small depression. And just, yeah, I don't know. how. I mean, it looks hardcore. So yeah. it is a real shame that juniors can't get out there from Britain to, um, I think, Ireland maybe aren't there as well. No, Ireland have gone. Um, oh, Ireland have gone. Yes, right. I know. Oh, so it's just us. <laughs> yeah, because Ireland didn't go to uh, like other European champs, things like that. And it was... That was the one, yeah. Yeah, but they managed to make it out there, which is great for the Irish Oh, that's team. good. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So it's frustrating for the British juniors, but I mean, you can see why if you're going to have to quarantine in a hotel for two grand, 
for two weeks, it's not worth it. No. I think. And a lot of them have actually got selected for Euro meeting um, mm. instead, kind of, in Switzerland. So this is taking place uh, 25th, 26th of September. So um, the whole team, men's side of things, it's Duncan Burtwistle, Josh Dudley, Matt Gooch, his junior, Floyd Grierson, junior, Hector Haynes, Finney Johnson, junior, Pete Malloy, I think he's still a junior, Alistair Pedley, mm-hmm. who's a junior, Chris Smithard, Alistair Thomas and Joe Woodley. And then on the women's side of things, we've got Fiona Bunn, Ailey Campbell, who's still a junior, Mary Eads, who's a junior, Laura King, Grace Malloy and Joe Shepherd. So it's just, I think, about them getting that uh, international experience and racing on a big stage like this. And the whole idea of Euro meeting, it's kind of something before it's like a big event like almost like a test event for the organizers and mm. for the competitors so this is kind of ahead of the world university champs in 2022 and the world champs in the forest disciplines in 2023 in switzerland that's the idea lots of alpine terrain should be quite fun yeah it's, it's probably gonna be pretty hard as well i think it's up at altitude um yes. slightly so it's gonna be good and tough um and it's nice that those juniors can have an opportunity to still race abroad this year as well which is good. So, um, no, jealous of that one. And uh, I'm sure a lot of them are going to be staying up for the, the World Cup in Italy just the week after as well in the Dolomites. So two weeks of high alpine, high mountain racing um, yeah. yeah, to finish off the season. So it should be pretty pretty excellent. I'm very jealous, actually. Are you going out to this, Catherine, for commentary? I'm not, and I'm gutted. Because um, uh, it clashes with the British long oh, the uh, British long, jumps yeah. as well so I can't do either of them because I'm commentating on it from home and I can't <laughs> I so it's like I can't go to Italy and I can't go to amazing sand dune terrain as well either so yes I'm quite frustrated I thought that was going to be the one that I the, the only one that I was going to be able to get out to but I've been told mm. no not this time um, but those teams, the teams have actually also just been selected. So uh, Josh Dudley, Hector Haynes, Ben Mitchell, Chris Smithard, Ralph Street, Alistair Thomas. And on the women's side, uh, Cecilia Anderson, Fiona Bunn, Megan Carter-Davis, Laura King, just for the forest, Grace Malloy, Joe Shepard and Charlotte Ward, just for the mixed sprint relay. So there is a long, a middle distance and then randomly finishing it off with a mixed sprint relay. So just mixing up all those disciplines in there. But that's the World Cup final then. So it's the... Um, they'll crown the whole world cup uh champions the you know of, across the whole year um at, mm. at the end of that so should be yeah. should be quite exciting i think no definitely and we'll do a preview of that close to the time um i think the team sounds very similar to the brits that went out to world cup so yeah i'm sure they'll have the ones who made their debut at the world cup they'll probably improve on those performances um over in italy as well after the um the blooding in Sweden, so that's good to see. And um, one, actually, one thing on that team as well. Congratulations to Charlotte Ward, who's just got married. Yes, um, I saw that. Congrats yeah. to her. So um, she may be racing under new name in the in the World Cup. We'll see. Uh, that's enough of all of our notices and all of our news that's gone on. And congrats to everyone who's got selected, and congrats to everyone who competing in Nukola and the British Sprints, things like that. Mm-hmm. More Britishes, as we know, coming up with oh. the long distance. What else? There was also the SHIs. There was the SHIs. England versus Scotland versus Wales versus Ireland, which um, I couldn't find the individual results. Um, oh, I found I them saw... somewhere, but I can't remember. Oh, did you? Yeah. I found that the re- I know that Scotland won, I think Grace Malloy won the women's. Yeah. And Sasha Chapman won the man- men's yes. individual. Yes. And then Scotland won the relay yeah. for both as well. 
Yeah. So quite the domination on home soil in um, Royal D side, which yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe to be expected as well after our chat with Mon- John Musgrove. Um, yeah. Well, congrats. Yeah, congrats to Team Scotland for, for yeah. taking that win. It was yeah, really good. I think, and we've got more. I'm not sure when the VHIs, the Veteran Home Internationals, are, but the mm. Junior Home Internationals are in October. Um, and I am now one of the England team managers. <laughs> so. The selector hat on. Yeah. No, I'm not a selector. I'm not a selector. Oh. No. Oh, I'll get the relay selections hat oh, on. Oh, the anyway. relay selections hat on. Yes, I will definitely be having to do that. So I'm very excited to take the team um, to the South there for the Junior Home Internationals. Okay. And speaking of juniors, let's make this segue into a thing. Um, because we, I've, I have been chatting with um, a couple of the juniors from the M&W 14 class. Some who've done really, really well, particularly this year. And, you know, it's a very tough time to be a 14-year-old with you've not been missing a lot of development. So I wanted to find out how that one went and how their preparations for their events have been and maybe some of their ambitions for the future. So we will hear Lyra Medlock in a bit. But first of all, let's hear the chat with Tommy Rollins from Southern Navigators. So Tommy, we're chatting just a couple of weeks after you took the win, both the um, middle distance champs and the northern champs up in the Lake District. The first question I've got, when you got to the finish line, were you surprised with your time or your results and why or why not? Yeah, I think I was surprised because especially at Summer House Not, I didn't think I had an amazing run. I thought I had, I think I did like okay, but I did make a couple of little mistakes. When I was on the running, I wasn't sure whether I how how well I had done. Yeah, I didn't know that I'd whether I was in the lead or not. What about Sunday? Uh, Sunday, I was definitely more confident. Yeah, when I was running, coming in the run, but I still wasn't like sure. But yeah, I knew I'd done better then. Yeah, what made you feel more confident? I just had a cleaner run, and also I think I met my three-minute man out there, which was. Uh- like that's good yeah that's always a good um like feedback so um I guess having having made little mistakes and on the Saturday but still took the win that did that give you some kind of confidence going into Sunday did you feel really good on the start line yeah yeah I think I was more relaxed on the start line on Sunday than I was Saturday yeah Okay. Um, so did you make, did, well, tell me a little bit about the, maybe the course, we'll start with the course on Saturday. Um, was it kind of what you expected, first of all, in the course? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it was, we had, we had a little, um, uh, what's it called? Like the website, you can look at old map, old courses that have been on the area. We, we did a bit of that. And so I, I, we kind of, we, we found the, found the arena on the on that map so we could kind of guess where the start and finish were so we could have a look at that and, and I, it turned out to be very close to where we thought it would be so that helps <laughs> that's really that's really good did you kind of did you know in advance did you think about like what techniques you might have to use on your course not too much well yeah I definitely knew I would be happy having to do a lot more contour work um just generally in that sort of area on both days actually yeah. yeah that's very true so did you make any mistakes across or across either of the two um courses uh yes yeah, so on saturday i made a little mistake where two and three were right next to each other mm-hmm. and i think yeah uh, yeah if i run correctly i ran i went to three 
I followed a re-entry into three um, instead of two on my second leg. So, and I corrected quite quickly. I'd say that's my biggest mistake on that day. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. If that's if that's your biggest mistake, <laughs> I think a lot of people yeah. had much bigger mistakes than that. So, but you were able to recover quite well from it. Yeah. 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 What about on Sunday? We were with a very short leg, so I think yeah. a few people did that. Yeah. Sunday was a lot cleaner, I think. I don't think I actually, I made one stupid little mistake where I was standing like two metres away from the control in the control site. Yeah. And you just but like couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. Just behind a little boulder because I, I, it was on a boulder and I was standing to the north side of it, I think. It was just on the south. Maybe could have prevented that by checking my controller descriptions more, but... Yeah, but that sounds like if that again, like that's the mistake you're picking yeah. out, then that's really small. So that really does yeah. show you had a clean run, I think. So were you running quite? I think you're running quite late on the Saturday, but like middle-ish yeah. on the Sunday. Um, had yeah. you had a look at any of the times that people were doing before your run on the Saturday, or were you just not no, not looking at results? No idea. Yeah, I didn't look till afterwards. Yeah. I think that's probably a good a good move. Yeah. Um, so. Try and talk me through like your what you do before you you do the race. So a little bit like the warm up, maybe like what food do you eat? How do you do? You try and get in the zone, or do you just kind of um, try and make yourself feel confident? What do you do? Yeah, so uh, I think I was running well after lunch on the first day, so I, that, I don't really need to worry about food, but. Um, I I was quite like like I almost wanted to just get going because I was quite like nervous. So I, I like ten minutes before I say I was like completely read to it because it was a twelve minute cool up if I'm right. So mm -hmm. ten minutes before that I was um, like jogging around trying to warm up and get ready because I wanted it. I wanted to go. Yeah. yeah, because you've seen everybody else coming back through as well, yeah. and then you just you just kind of want to get there. Um, so were you, you so you say you were a little bit nervous. Were you nervous on the start line as well? Uh, yeah, but not so much at that point because I was like, half of my, being, me being nervous was like, uh, I need to get leave the car at this time and get there for this time, that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That Once makes sense. So you do warm up for about ten minutes or so. What kind of things are you do in your warm up? Uh, yeah, normally I just jog around. Uh, but I tried to run at race pace for like uh, like a minute or so, not not constant, but like during during that. And I do a couple of drills as well, like high knees and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of uh, get my used get me used to it before I run. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, what had you hang on? Had you orientated in the lakes beforehand at any time? Yes. So we were. We were there all week, actually, because mm -hmm. we met some friends earlier that week and um, did like the, I think it was a Lakeland like Wednesday training evening. Uh, and I did the long course, which I made a massive mistake on and was out of like uh, 30 minutes longer than I should have been. I didn't, fin I didn't finish, which wasn't very good for my confidence. But um, the next day we went out to, I can't remember where it was, but somewhere else and did some training just me and my mum she hung some tapes and I ran and collected them on an old course which was quite good yeah 
so what did you because I did the same with um, Josie but we we hadn't been there the whole week before but we came, we arrived on the Friday and we went to Great Tower which is a place um on my, like my mum has been there for junior training when she was a junior like it's really it's really well known and I've been there loads of times at, on like Hawk's Head which is for like the MW 16s training and we went and and Josie I think learned quite a lot there about what orienteering in the lakes is like so what did you learn from that those two trainings that you did in a week like what are the biggest lessons that you learned there yeah I would say I definitely uh learned about you need to hit your controls quite closely and taking bearings because there's quite a lot of detail and quite easy to get confused on which uh, which little knoll you're on, which which depression? Because there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and also just uh, getting used to really using contour features and earth features, especially more than vegetation. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because the because ve- the the contours don't change, but the vegetation like might do a little bit. The contours are always going to yeah. be your most like reliable thing. Um, Josie was very alarmed by by what rock was mapped like and she was like there's all this rock on the ground and it's not on the map um did you was that a useful lesson for you as well like what was mapped and what wasn't uh yeah but what, what really got me was uh how some crags aren't and some crags aren't you know, like being able to see uh see what like what kind of classifies as a mapped crag and what isn't and what's like a big crag and what's just a small crag. Yeah, yeah, Josie really, I think, like really, really felt the same um, on that. So that sounded like that was really, really useful. Um, you've, so I think you've done, I think your mum was telling me you'd done kind of quite a bit of training in lockdown and with PE lessons being like, right, we're going for a run. <laughs> so um, yeah. sounds like your physical training has gone really well this year. Yeah. What kind of what kind of sessions do you do? Maybe give me a few examples of different types of like how far you go or, or what kind of sessions you do. Yeah, so I try and run, I'd say, three to four times a week. And one of those, depending what I'm doing on the weekend, that is. So so some, one of those will probably be a longer run, like a longer, slower run, more like 8K. And the rest will probably be more like 5Ks, which I'll try and do faster um yeah and then I some days I'd say once a week I'd normally I'd go on like a spin bike you got one in the house in the cellar and um I do that as well because then I then that means I, I take a bit of load off my legs on, on the days where I'm aching a bit yeah which that's good yeah that's that sounds like a, a good good idea do you do any kind of intervals or strength training or anything like like kind of stretches or uh, yeah yeah so I one of my 5Ks a week, I'll either do intervals or hill reps, just out in my house, which is good. And I always do strength training sometimes, but probably not as much as I should. Not, yeah, not as much as I should. Yeah. Oh well, you're still growing a lot, so like that's there's you need to leave room for for it to build up. It sounds like you're not going too far, which I think is a real, a big point for you know, boys and girls your age, but maybe more boys. I don't know. But yeah, you need to kind of don't go, not go too hard, too fast. Um, that sounds great. And and I know you were running up and doing like greens when you were an M12 as well. And I'm really interested in like um, 
why why you decided to do that so tell me a little bit about why you why you were running up as an m12 uh yeah so i think it's just because um i, I wasn't finding it as enjoyable doing oranges because i think especially especially in less technical areas in the south like i think i just found it a bit boring because that time i wasn't really that fast and so i wasn't really competing as much as i am now i don't think so I found, think I found it more boring because it just wasn't um, wasn't technically challenging, yeah. And that has yeah. helped in the long run for doing like greens now, yeah. Well, yeah, that that was about to be my next point. Is it's probably really helped you because you've had more time doing light greens than than everybody else. And even you know you were doing light greens before lockdown when all the events stopped and everything like that. So yeah, you think it has really helped you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it has really helped. And I've also been running up a bit now, trying to do some blues, which has also helped, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Because um, there's quite another step up to um, M16 as well. So um, what, one of my, we're getting towards the end of my questions now, but one of the things, what do you think your, are your biggest strengths and your biggest weaknesses at the moment as an orienteer? I think my strengths are, I can like, look at a map and see it on the ground, like picture it on the ground quite well, I think. I, and I'm quite good at doing that at speed. Yeah, and also like uh, quickly working out a route choice. I think quite good at that. I think my weaknesses are probably, I can sometimes on longer legs, like lose a bit of focus and make mistakes because of it, where I'm just a little bit off because I've gone too high or I've missed, missed something. Yeah. That's, that's a very good answer, I think. Um, and what kind of, do you know what races or training camps you've got coming up next? Yes, I'm doing Lagenlea in October because it's been moved back here, yeah. Apart from that, not really. I think I'm going to the Scottish Six Day and the Coastal Islands. Coastal mm -hmm. Islands, yeah. Apart from that, I don't really know what's going on. Probably yeah, doing some other events. But... Yeah, there's, there'll be some more stuff in the autumn, I think. Things like... Yeah. Um, uh, jerks um, you might get a selection for junior home internationals I guess as well um, uh, but what my last question is what are you hoping to learn at Lag and Leah when you go for that week What's, what are you hoping to learn I think any training that's different to like what I'm used to down south would be very useful like so just getting used to different sorts of terrains but yeah, other stuff as well, probably, but I can't think of now. <laughs> well, I think that probably, for, yeah, for you is the biggest thing that you'll learn is just being on those different terrains. Like all the Scots are like so used to it. And then bit coming from down south and, you know, having not been able to travel much in the last year, although, you, you know, you've done reasonably well to travel to the places you have done, then, um, then yeah. And do you yeah. have any, do you have any long term goals? Or are you just kind of seeing, seeing where you want to go with um, orienteering? not really like um i'm just enjoying it at the moment which is good and yeah well yeah. i think that's the most important thing so that's really yeah. great all right lyra thanks very much um for joining us on the podcast um you've been somewhere quite fun this weekend tell me where you've been and what you've been up to yeah so i went down to the gower in wales uh for the weekend 
and I did some sand dune training that I could prepare for the bock and the jerks, which also in sand dunes, to give myself some confidence because my dad likes to take us down to similar terrain so that we know what to expect when it comes to big events and we can get our mistakes out of the way almost so we can just prepare for them like that. I think that's a really good idea. Your dad's got it absolutely right. And what what do you think you've learned the most then from this weekend? I think not always to trust your compass. I think for me personally, using going from feature to feature has definitely helped because it allows me to stay in contact with a map because sometimes I do forget that there's a map and I sort of run and I'm like, hold on, I need to just double check where I am. So I think in sand dunes, especially for the buck on the jerks, I'll be using the features a lot more than I might be using the compass because it makes sure that I'm in the correct place at all times and I feel confident in knowing where I'm going next. Yeah, it's that map contact, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah that really makes sense. Let's start right back at the beginning with you then. And how did you get on into orienteering? My dad used to do it when he was at university. He had to stop when we were, my, me and my sister were born. And he wanted a hobby to do. So he thought he'd bring me along to a local orienteering event, try it out. I think we went to a serum event first. And I didn't exactly do very well. I think I was out for over an hour on the white. But dad enjoyed going around on the green course. So I went around for him for a bit, just making sure that he got a run. And in the end, I started to enjoy it and just wanted to keep going and we were doing it every weekend I wasn't exactly very good it used to take me a while but I got a lot of support from my club and they were able to help me go around the course in the end I got the hang of the whites and yellows and enjoyed it a lot more because I could actually do it (laughs) it's a lot more enjoyable when you feel like you're doing well and like you're not just going where am I do you can you remember the point when you thought right this is for me I'm really gonna I'm really gonna try hard about this yeah it was the bock long in 2017 that was actually at high dam my mum me flew up to stay with some friends and I wasn't really expecting anything just doing some competitions and I actually came away with a silver medal and so that was a massive confidence boost and that's when I realized that it's what I wanted to do so we started doing it properly then and then did you start kind of traveling more then yeah we started traveling a lot more after that event mm-hmm. and then um I've heard that this lockdown was a big like part for you to kind of I don't know step up your game or like take it a little bit more seriously than you had been tell me about that yeah so before lockdown I used to do a lot of sport after school which was the only way I actually got kept fit I used to do no running before lockdown I didn't particularly enjoy the running side of orienteering so I was sort of lucky that I was doing all right having lots of any running and then once it came to lockdown I was very bored I was a bit disheartened because I had such a good year in 2019 and I wanted to race so I thought well I'll just start running so that when the events come around again I feel a lot more confident and I can hopefully run a bit faster than I normally would at competitions so I started slowly and then gradually I improved the mileage and I run four to five times a week now regularly yeah 
That's really so. What what sports were were you doing then, and why did orienteering win out? I guess. Yeah, so I used to do a few hours of netball a week. I also used to do running club with my school, cricket, uh, hockey, basketball. I used to do all sorts at school, and they'd go on for a while, and that required a lot of running around. So I could stay fit doing that, and I used to do double or triple sport a day. Wow, that's cool. But I wasn't as good as them as I like orienteering. They were just second sports for me, um, because I knew I couldn't really develop skills where I live because I know facilities to help with that orienteering I could do that and I enjoyed it a bit more than I do at school for me they're just school sports I don't really want to take them any further than that but for orienteering I definitely want to take it a lot further than just school yeah so how did you what kind of things were you doing when you were starting off right thinking oh I need to do some running in lockdown what kind of things were you doing I used to do some 3K runs on flat areas, um, <laughs> quite slow, but I used to do them a few times a week, the same uh, route and try and improve. And I think I shared off quite a lot of minutes on that. So, and then I decided that I do some longer runs. So I used to do some seven, eight Ks. And now I do between five to 18, 19 K, depends on the kind of day it is. Nice. Yeah. It builds up slowly. And by doing that same, like that 3k run over again, you can see how you're getting quicker as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I definitely. I used to do a lot of, a lot of workouts as well, because Joe Wicks used to do a workout every morning. So I used to do all of those. I think I did nearly all of them. So that was good fun for me before school. I used to sometimes do it before school and then I'd start school when we didn't have online learning and it was just they'd give you the work and you just do it by the end of the day so that definitely helped that is impressive that you did all of it and do you still do a little bit of strength stuff now as well yeah I still use Joe Wick sometimes as well but I venture <laughs> out a bit more and I use other people's stuff as well and I change up from an ab workout to just a hit workout it depends yeah what I feel like doing nice and do did you, when when lockdown was happening, were you able to get out on maps very much? I don't know where, like, what the areas are like around you. I mean, I was really lucky that I was able to, I've got lots of the area, areas around me that I could kind of go on, although now I'm really sick of them all. But like, <laughs> was that, were you able to do much of the map or was it mostly just kind of running stuff? No, there's no areas near me. So I had to just do the running. And I didn't actually do as much navigation training and looking at old maps as I probably should have done. To prepare for the season but for me it was to improve the running more than the navigation so I couldn't really do any of that sadly. Well I think it paid off so correct me if I'm wrong on any of this but I've got down you won the British Middles and the British Northerns in the Lake District and the British Sprints that we've recently had um, in Skelmersdale um, those seem to be like the main ones um, so you've, you've had a pretty good you've had it paid off I think. Yeah, I'm very happy in all of those races. I tried, especially the few weeks before those events, to maybe train a bit harder than I normally would and look at the previous maps to familiarise myself with the terrain. So that definitely helped and gave me confidence going into those races. Mm. Do you have a favourite race of this year? Yeah, the Northern Champs. High Dam is my favourite area. Definitely love that area. 
<laughs> you got some good you got some good memories of it like yeah if you yeah. that silver medal that turned it round and then you know and then also the the win there that's really cool what what do you really like about that area in, in and of itself the area itself well I think it being in the Lake District it's got to be a favorite area because I can't go there very often so I feel quite lucky to go there and I like the openness of it also there is woodland areas and it's quite hard and I think that's what I enjoy the most about it it's hard I really like that area and how it was it had real patches of kind of different types of terrain so there's some that was a bit more of a slope I don't know how far your course got some of it's a real slope they're kind of the marshy bit at the top with all those almost like little islands coming out of the marsh then more of the open bits and I really thought that contrast was really really good so did you do much what kind of prep in terms of like technical prep did you do ahead of those two races um for every race I try and print off the map beforehand I'll look at previous events on route edit and I'll come up with my own courses and I give myself a set amount of time to plan a route for the whole course. And I'll just keep doing that. And every night I'll just look at the map, see the key features, what I need to be careful of when it comes to the race, what I can use a lot more than I might have been able to in some other places. So for me, that was really important. Mm. Have you been to the Lake District very much? Orienteering? Um, not really. I did go to the Lake District weekend a few weeks before the British and Northern at Colonel's Drive and Burntwood and for me they weren't exactly the best races so they made <laughs> me wake up and realise I need to do something about this for the Middles and the Northerns so that was definitely helpful for me. So what do you think you changed why do you think you did better at the Middles and the Northerns compared to that first that first Lakes weekend what do you think you improved? I think I was really rusty because I hadn't been training in such a technical area because down south it's completely different really um and I also realized I wasn't pushing myself running wise in the terrain so the few weeks before the British I did some tempo terrain runs with my dad once a week where we used to do two three k's over terrain as fast as we could and that definitely helped me get an ideal race pace before the British and the Northerns yeah I think that's that's really good because you've I mean if we think you're a second year 14, you missed the whole of your, you know, pretty much the whole of first year 14. Luckily, there's there's managed to be some races today. But, you know, before that, you were W12. That is mostly orange standard. So you've missed out a big part of that development and, and you know, and learning how to do technical terrain and stuff because there just weren't any races last year. So were you running up when you were a W12? Or would you, how do you think you managed to, do okay with that when it gets it more harder and harder all the time yeah so for w12 i was running up doing light greens i did do the occasional green as well um because it helps me get a lot more confidence bef before the big events because i know i can actually run a harder course and i think that must have definitely helped having had the lockdown because i knew what to expect coming into w14 yeah I think it's doing harder courses and then when you're dropping back down on a championship and you're racing your age group then you have um you know you have something that's you know it's easy, you know you've done it harder than that exactly you really have that confidence as well um 
I, I, I can't help looking at your age group and seeing that there is a bit, it feels like there's a bit of a rivalry at the top of W14 with you yeah. and Freya Trina. Um, that's got to be, is that a fun thing? I think it would be um, fun. For me, it's a fun thing because she definitely pushes me a lot more. And it's always good to see how we compare at the big events. And I do like racing against her, yeah. Yeah. And well, it probably feels good because you beat her in most of the major races this year as well. Yeah. But it's definitely a good confidence boost because she's such a good orienteer and she's done so well that it's really, really good when I beat her because I know that I'm doing all right. And I've, the work that I've done has definitely paid off to be able to beat her. But it's yeah. always quite tight, actually, at the top. So, yeah. It really is always quite tight. Looking at those, there's only, you know, maximum of like a minute between the two of you and often much, much less than that. And that's got a, I think when you progress to being, a, you know, a 16 and an 18, then to have somebody who can like, who can push you and you've got to think, oh, I've got to, got to up my game. It's got, only got to be a good thing, I'd hope. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good thing. It definitely pushes me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what about the British sprints that were recently at Skelmsdale? How did you enjoy that? For me, there was a tiny bit of pressure having won the previous few sprints. Um, I tried to put that aside and just run it like a normal event because I haven't done any sprints for nearly two years. So I knew that it might be a bit different and I might be racing slightly differently to what I did two years ago. But it I prepared the same way I did for the British and the Northerns, looking at the maps before having a specific running training programme. I did some sprint areas near my house at my ideal race pace, and that definitely gave me a lot of confidence because they were actually quite similar terrain. Um, but when it came to the day, I think I was just excited to run a sprint again. I think we were the first ones there who weren't helpers so we were very early for the sprints I like to I like to be very early before a race so I have time to prepare and calm down and warm up yeah that's good and you know you know there's no stress about are you going to make it in time we're definitely there yeah and yeah. just and I mean I think it's just the excitement of being on the start line I think after the whole couple of you know year and a half off or year year off it's just it feels like every single start I have it's just I'm just excited to be there yeah definitely and seeing everyone makes it that much more enjoyable as well and just seeing everyone orienteer having had COVID it's definitely really nice yeah so you do you have a coach or do you mostly work with your dad in terms of like a planning or technical coach technical training but also the physical training the running and stuff the running side um Dave Hanstock from Southwest Squad is the running coach so he provides the training programs and I've used them actually since the start of lockdown last year he gave everyone a training program um so that's definitely helped me improve my running and the Southwest have done weekly zooms for long legs and looking at previous maps and that's definitely helped me stay in touch with the training so I think along with the coaches at Southwest and my dad, they're my main coaches. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard what the, the Southwest, yeah, you've been doing, you've been doing weekly Zooms since the whole lockdown. Is that still going on? Yeah, we do do it every other week though. Now, okay. now I think we did 83 Zooms without a break we, every week. So that's really, and seeing everyone as well, even though they're on a screen, 
it's just the nice to see fellow friends yeah yeah and the I mean the squad set up is so I mean like such an integral part and you you make friends there that you have I think your whole life and I think that's really cool and are you looking forward to going up to the junior interregionals up in the northeast with them yeah definitely I'm excited for that um it's gonna be a good weekend I remember last time it was very rainy I think I was the last person out and the rain had just stopped and the mist so I was running in the sun which was very nice <laughs> everyone else from my squad came back really cold and really wet and really I think a few people were had to go home they were so cold go back to the um where we were staying and I was quite thankful that I was running in the sun and I didn't have the problems they were having <laughs> so yeah, so junior interregionals coming up. Um, what else are you looking forward to? What else is coming up with you? What are you looking forward to? Me, I'm most excited about Lagalea because I've been waiting for that for quite a long time. Um, definitely excited to see people, people that I know and people that I've only really just met at the Scottish. People that I know by name but don't know their faces. So I'm definitely excited to see everyone and train for that week. Yeah, it's such a good week. And like the social side is as important, I think, as the the training side as well, because it's really good, like foundation there um, too. What are you hoping to learn from that camp that week in Scotland? Uh, I have one main error, which is parallel errors. Mm. I like to fit the map to the terrain. No, sorry, the terrain to the map. And that doesn't always work. And I end up sometimes quite a long way away from the control because I try and make it fit so I definitely want to try and get rid of that error because that's where I make my mistakes normally I think that's a good aim and I think realizing that it's an error that you do is probably the first way of going around to try and improve it as well that should be really great and what's um what terrain is your favorite terrain and where would you really like to go um, my favourite terrain, oh, that's hard. Um, I don't particularly like open moorlands, so I've got to say it's going to be a forested area with quite a lot of features, but not too many, like one of the days at the Scottish, where there was loads of features, but it was all just a bit vague, and I couldn't really use that very well. But lots of key features and definitely woodland. Yeah, I get you there. And you've got you know you've got lots of um orienteering ahead of you have you thought anywhere about any places you want to go or play you know things you want to compete at um for me it's just getting through this next few weeks of major races and then looking to interland maybe next year getting selected for that but that might be hard because going off another age group I'll be running against some other people so that's I think my main aim in the next few years to get into that Mm -hmm. that sounds like it sounds like a good goal and keep improving and and doing all that I think as well and do you have any do you have any role models in the sport who helps you and who inspires you Uh, Megan Carter Davies is definitely my main role model um she's a really good orangeer and I was following on Strava, so I see what she's good doing. And I think she definitely, I think coming from a smaller club as well, that's not Scotland, definitely gives me some confidence that you, you can get that far with maybe not the support that some other people have. And I think that definitely makes me 
that gives me a lot of confidence. Yeah, because you we know we see a lot of you're you're based in the south, and you know you see a lot of people who are doing well who maybe Scots or in the north or more access to Lake District terrain, things like that. You know where it's really hard. So you've got to try and does it feel like you've got to try and work extra hard? Um, not necessarily. I've just got to get up to the events where they're up north and just keep on top of the navigation skills. And if I can do that, then there's. I mean, there's a few areas down south, the New Forest and Dartmoor. It's great to run on. But apart from that, it's just trying to improve the navigation skills to keep up with them. So thanks so much to Tommy and to Lyra for sitting down and having a chat with us. Um, Best of luck to them in the future. Uh, I think, you know, they're doing great things in their class at the moment and... um, just always exciting to see juniors being so enthusiastic about their sport and just absolutely loving it. I think that's always some lessons for, for everybody to learn, just to, to have some of that enjoyment. And you could really hear that in both of those interviews. Um, that's pretty much it for today's episode. First of all, Will, a quick message from our sponsors, Envy and Straight Compasses. Yes, so in my limited return back to running and attempting to get back fit again, um, I've been having to do all my training uh, off roads in the forest and um, a nice slow pace, but that has been perfect for me to use the NV Terra TT. So the extra cushioning of the um, the Terra TT really good to help my calves try and deal with the impact of returning to running and um, getting a bit of extra cushioning under the foot for anything off road as well. So been really useful for me to have that um, in return to to any running off road as well. So hopefully good progress can be made on on that side of things, but. If you're interested in um, any ambitions or straight compasses as well, you can contact Mary Fleming, who is the UK distributor at mvstraight.uksales at gmail.com. That's N-V-I-I-S-T-R, the number eight, dot uksales at gmail.com. Um, and then, Catherine, next podcast, I guess we'll be previewing Euro meeting and the World Cup. Yeah, I think that's the idea. That's the plan yeah. to um, pretty big races coming up and we've also got of course the uh, British uh, long distance as well we do so the yep. season in the UK and internationally is by no means over at all so still lots of great orienteering to come and yeah should be fantastic so we will see you then 